As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell, he scores the ball and he rebounds Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that did not prepare an intro for what we are the only podcast to do. So we're the only ones that forget to prepare intros. So there there we go. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks. We've got Austin Gurria of D Magazine, of Dime Magazine. We're just going to do a little bit of a check-in. Um, Austin, you and me, we we're trying to figure out what the hell to say on this show just minutes before on the little on the little pre-show podcast people love to say the pre-show have you noticed this but we do love to talk about the pre-show we love to give people the, the nuts and bolts of what goes on here at 77 minutes it makes it sound so formal and it's really just like we logged on to zoom and then chatted for two minutes before we started recording but we think we found a few things to talk about i would say the big thing with the mavericks is that it just feels like a bit of hiatus like they're kind of in stasis until these injured players who are on the verge of coming back come back. And obviously the past week was not good. Teams three and five in their last eight. The road trip went very poorly. There's a lot of reasons for that. There's questions of whether Lucas sat the game he should have sat, whether he, sh- he should have waited one more. There's questions about whether it's disrespectful to post murals and deep Ellum. Like Oof. these are these are the type of conversations we're having. We're not having conversations about what's happened on the court because it's kind of kind of dismal right now but i do think things will look better or at least they'll be more interesting to watch and see how some of the things we've seen over the past few weeks are impacted by the additions of josh green and dorian finney smith uh i'd be pretty surprised if josh green doesn't play on wednesday dorian finney smith feels like he's maybe a week away maybe sooner uh i haven't been around the team this weekend so not entirely sure what are you looking for from this healthy team with the understanding that Maxi, I do think signs are pointing to him probably being back this year at some point, but he's still further away. But with Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green, when they return, what are you interested in watching with this current Mavs team, especially stuff that we've seen over the past few weeks? 
and you know how the, their inclusions, how their returns affect that. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just getting the defense back to a respectable level. They've just been living on trying to outscore teams, and that worked when they were playing. They went through that stretch of playing really bad teams, but once you play those the better teams in the league, you're going to have to play some modicum of defense. Defense has been very bad since those guys went out. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how they adjust to Christian Wood playing the five full-time now. I think he's gotten a lot of really good reps uh, since Maxi went out, and since also when Doran and Josh went out, there was a lot of there's a much bigger defensive burden on Wood. I think his rotations have been better. He's been a better playmaking big man, and it'll be interesting to see if he can if they can have a good defense with him as the lone five while they have Dorian and Josh playing. Um, it's it's tough. Those guys are very, very, very important. I know when we rank players in their importance or drafted the importance uh, earlier in the season, I drafted Maxi number three, and there was a big reason for that because they can't play defense without him. And if let's see if they can play defense with just Dorian and just Josh and see if they can do that to a respectable level. But they need all three really to make this team go anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, nobody wants Christian Wood to be a defensive anchor, a person who single-handedly makes you a good defense. There's a few big men in this league who can do that, or most of the way. They they can they can really hold their own and power you to a top 10 defensive unit. Christian Wood's not going to be that. He isn't that player. The question is whether if you put more defensive players around him, now that he does look more comfortable within these schemes and within these rotations, whether he can just be a positive on that end. It doesn't have to be even that positive. If Just he's above neutral. average. Yeah, exactly. A neutral above average, a little, slightly above average is what we're looking for when we're trying to assess does Christian Wood have long-term viability for the future of this team, right? Yeah, I think that's that's where if he can be net neutral, slightly above average, I think he can be a very important piece for this team moving forward. And they're running out of time to make that assessment as the trade deadline cup approaches. And they need to trade him before the deadline. If they don't come to an extension, they need to figure that out of if he can be a a piece for them long-term and if you can play it defense at a level where they can actually compete in the playoffs or at minimum, they need to be prepared to go into this off season and pay the money that it will take. Right. Right. But I think also they need to know before the trade deadline, because if they don't want to do that, they need to make Correct. a deal. For them. Correct. I am not, you know, from a process standpoint, I am not worried if Christian Wood is not extended and not traded by the deadline. As long as the team feels they have a understanding of what his market will be and a willingness to retain him at that asking price. But losing him for nothing, obviously, is the one scenario that just doesn't make sense. And if Christian Wood does not want to extend, if his agency does not want to extend this in the season, you just have an understanding of what it's going to take to retain him in July because you can't can't lose for the second straight summer in a row uh, the team's you know, second best player or it, second most talented player or whatever, however you want to describe him. He's been good. It's really funny how similar this is to the Brunson situation last year. I think it's easy to forget that Brunson was just getting into the starting lineup at this point last year, and they were just trying to figure out, okay, is he good enough to extend? And we also didn't know, does he want to extend or does he want to go to free agency? Does the team want to extend? And trying to figure out where who, who actually is committed long-term in the middle of the season. And they're pretty much in that same scenario with Wood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The other thing I'll say about the defense and the players coming back is that it's not just that Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green are good defenders, but their addition, their return to the rotation means that you can dial down Tim Hardaway Jr.'s minutes at times. You can dial down Spencer Dinwiddie's minutes at times. Uh, Luca, you know, we know that he's a much improved defender, 
when he's not playing 40 minutes a night. It's when he gets into those high 30s, low 40s, um, and when he's playing so much over a, a compact stretch of schedule, that's when his defense, you know, his defensive ability and focus and, and attention starts to slip. And so I think that is as important, you know, not just the reintroduction of good defensive players, but the ability to hopefully dial back some minutes for players who, when they are extended um, and, and they do have extended roles like they've had over the past few weeks, you know, some of their defensive commitment slips. And I think that brings us to the second big question that we have for the rest of the season, which is that the offense, even though it's it's not an issue on its whole, it's the reason the Mavericks are currently number six, according to cleaning the glass and offense this season, is that it's it's all from Luca's minutes on the court. It's all from his time when he's off the court. You know, they're about 12 points per 100 possessions worse. They're basically the best offense in the league when he's on the court, the worst offense in the league when he's off the court. And this is another thing that they have to try to fix. One of the reasons his minutes keep ticking upwards and upwards is because the Mavs can't survive when he's not on there. And so I guess I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to go straight to your agenda. You know where this is going. Is Jaden Hardy the solution to the offensive concerns that have been happening when Luca's off the court? I think they're just going to have to take their lumps and, and play Jaden. I mean, it's it's been pretty clear over this stretch that he has clear scoring talent. I think he really pops off the screen in comparison to the rest of the roster. And the shooting, I think, is going to come along. He still really hasn't found his three-point jumper yet, but he's great at getting to the rim. He's been pretty decisive in getting to the rim. He's gotten blocked a few times, but for the most part, he's shooting a really good percentage at the rim. He's making pretty good decisions. He's not forcing it too much. And they they need what he brings to the offense. They they don't have anyone else who can attack with with this attack just quickly, make quick decisions, and just attack with force to the rim. I think Spencer can get to the rim, but it just kind of takes him a few dribbles to get there. It's more it's more prodding and trying to figure out how to either get fouled or get a, a get a floater. Jaden is getting to the rim all the way to the rim the majority of the time when he drives, and they need that to kind of keep the offense going. And it'll be interesting to see how he plays once. Josh Green gets back into the lineup. But I think if they have lineups with Green and Hardy, that will help them get some easier baskets and transition and help them play with pace. Um, but that's I think that's the key to them just having, again, just a respectable offense when Luca's off the floor. They don't have to be good. They just have to not be the worst offense in basketball when Luca's off the floor. I just and looked I, it up. 106.5 points per 100 possessions. On offense? When Luca's off the court Jesus. offensively. Contextualize that. Like that's that's that is the worst in the league by like a lot. Yeah, that's like a average offense from 2001. Yeah, I think the not best, not even. Yeah, like the maybe best a below average rating offense. in the league is 109 or 108. So that's two points lower than the high, like the best defense. Right. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like they were it's like every single game. If, if they played every single game without Luca against the best defense, they're worse than we're, okay, we're getting too far into hypotheticals. I'm confusing <laughs> myself, but but yeah, the the point is they are. They, this is not a good team offensively when Luca's off the court, and that is bad for so many reasons for the Luca load. And, and it's not it's not like they haven't tried. They've staggered their best players into these lineups. But I think going forward, what would make sense is more defensive focused lineups around Luca, and offensive focused lineups when Luca's not on the court. I would be curious to see that. Put Jaden Hardy, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Christian Wood out there when Luca's off the court and see if you can just hold your own. We're not saying build a lead even in those minutes, 
if you can get an eight minute stretch where you hold your own so that Luca only has to play, you know, 16 minutes in the first half instead of 19, I, I think that's exactly what the team needs. And that's what they haven't been getting enough of lately. And I think even if you don't want to increase Hardy's minutes, what they were doing earlier in the season with Christian coming off the bench and playing with Maxi and playing with Spencer and playing with that Spencer uh, Hardaway Green lineup off the bench was really, really effective when Luke was off the court early in the season. I think they found some success with that in in generating just at least, again, just a, a league average offense when Luke was off the floor. And because of all the injuries, they really haven't been able to get back to those those lineups when Luke is off the floor. So I think that's another way, especially once Maxi gets back after the All-Stars, hopefully sometime after the All-Star game, that's another way that they can generate offense. Luke is off you know, Jaden Hardy does remind me just a little bit the way he's playing the season, like Spencer Dinwiddie of last season, right? That's yeah, it, it is a little bit like that. Like, it's just kind of it's a little hit or miss. It's not as not quite as efficient, but like just kind right. of provides an extra ball handler and just someone else who can just kind of play off other guys, but needs another ball handler on the floor. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a little reminiscent of that. It's it's like very decisive in his triple threat. He catches the ball and he's either shooting the catch and shoot. He's going right at the rim or he's making another pass. Every once in a while, you'll see, you know, G League Jaden Hardy show up. And, you know, he'll go ISO. But I think he's picked his isolation spots like really carefully. Well, yeah, I agree. And I think that his pace on the court, his ability to get a few fast break points is is really helpful to this team. And but but mostly I've just been very impressed by his decisiveness and his his idea of his role. Like like he very much understands he's playing off players. And this is the first time in his career he's ever done that. But but he's settling into the offense fairly well. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be smooth uh, you know, and that that he won't hit a extended wall, a rookie wall, whatever it is. Like that's all possible. But yeah, if you're talking about getting one more player, you know, one more ball handler, one more creator. Uh, you know, as I tweeted last night, there's you know, Jaden Hardy has something nobody else has on this roster, and like seven replies to that tweet was talent. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I'm just saying I got seven replies that all said that. Um, he does have a lot of talent, scoring talent. But but yeah, in terms of replicating what the Mavericks did last season that made them so successful when Luca was not on the court offensively, I'm not even going to guarantee that it's again, he's a rookie who is going to have growing pains. But that is something I am curious to see going forward. So that's that's why it's a question. You know, we're, what questions do we have for the rest of the season? That's a question I have. And if Jaden doesn't at least get a chance to do that, I, I think that's very clearly the wrong decision. I, I would be very disappointed if, if you know, he doesn't have, you know, and again, we're talking like 15 minutes, mostly when Luca's off the court. If you were going to get him minutes with a healthy rotation, that's where you'd want to get him minutes, right? Yeah. Although I do think he really, he plays really well off of Luca. He's actually, yeah. I think, kind of the ideal two guard to Luca, where he just, Luca amplifies what he does, but he also just, he's the only player on the roster who just doesn't need Luca. He's like, I'm, I'm going to get buckets no matter who's on the floor. I, I can score against anybody, but, that's another reason why it's, he'll be also pretty good coming off the bench and playing those non-Luca minutes. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. The third question we have is, uh, does the team make moves? And that is sort of the big question with the trade deadline here just a few weeks away. What do you think? I think if they make a move, it'll be a very minor one. I think it'll be probably for some big man help if they can get it. I know they've been rumored to be interested in Nerlens Noel, which would be a very funny reunion. But if they could, that would be a, a, a... a good addition to their big man depth because right now it's it's very thin. Like especially during this stretch, there were a couple of times where like, oh, Dwight Powell is going to miss times. Like that's they actually really can't afford that. They're going to have to just pl- they're playing Bertons at the five because Javale is so bad, and they just can't afford any injuries to their big man depth anymore because because Maxi's out. So I think getting an, an additional big man would be a nice small move that they could do before the deadline. I don't think they're going to trade Christian Wood before the deadline. I think they'll just play it out to the end of the season. I think he's just proved to be too too productive, too impactful and important to what they do here. I And I, I honestly don't think they'll end up trading Hardaway unless some sort of really incredible trade comes together. Right. Yeah, the, all the Christian Wood trades get, that I see out there are the ones that seem most viable are basically for Christian Wood like-for-likes. Like yeah. Miles Turner, that that's probably less likely. That's probably not happening with the way Indiana's playing and all that. But, you know, Miles Turner for Christian Wood or John Collins for Christian Wood. And I don't I don't know, man. I don't think that you've, John Collins certainly isn't. Miles Turner, I don't think, is the singular defensive force to warrant the money he makes when you're thinking for about teams and title aspirations and how to build title contenders. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I haven't done a deep dive. Uh, if, if you're a Miles Turner stan, um, feel free to tell me I'm an idiot. But uh, John Collins, same situation. I, I don't I don't think he's a better player than than Christian Wood, which is quite the thing to say. But I I, I think that's true. You know, I'm just I'm just not pretty not comfortable. Sold. And he makes 25 million a year, so that's that's a lot of money. What about exactly. uh, Christian Wood and Reggie Bullock for uh, DeAndre Ayton? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Trades trades break my brain. <laughs> they do There's break too many my permutations. Brain. I I don't think DeAndre is long for for Phoenix. Don't think that's going to be a, a long lasting partnership. I I just I don't know if I would pay. And that's and that's the other thing about Christian Wood. Like, is his price tag? You know, a lot of it is dependent, and the Mavericks may get a, you know, maybe helped out by the free agency market, or maybe they're they'll be hurt by it. I think they'd be helped out in the sense that Christian Wood 
I still don't think is highly sought after, even if some teams can look at his performance this year and have upgraded their view of him as a player. But, you know, there's also not really any free agents out there. And so it's, it's hard to say which way that would go, but you know, it is his, if his asking price or is going to be four for a hundred, that's a lot of money to give that's a player a that money. four for a hundred. Oof. That's yeah. a lot of money. That's a um, lot of money. I like his extension number, the two for 36. I was like, I think that's fair for all parties and he gets to be a free agent absolutely. again at 29. Two absolutely. For, two for 36. I, I really like over 20 million for Christian Wood. I just, I, I don't think I would do it, but they also don't have a lot of options to replace his production. But right. it's, it's a Nico Harrison has a very difficult job. He's going to be earning his 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 paycheck this year. This is none of this is easy. None of this is straightforward. It's gonna it's a lot of a lot of power brokering and a lot of very very difficult decisions. Dealing with the Christian Wood camp might not be the most pleasant experience come come June if he has a good playoff experience. Yeah, I probably should have just wrote that at some point, but I saw Brad, Brad Townsend wrote about his agent. Um, this man do be texting. Let me just say the, that. It's <laughs> uh, the man loves to send a DM. Let's send a text. You are you are fortunate he hasn't uh, figured out what your Twitter account is. Oh, or I'm so glad he these, doesn't know. Oh, I'm, you'd be getting these DMs every day. I won't write about Christian Wood. I won't unless I unless he absolutely forces me to. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, I would I would. Even I would then, I'm going to avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're in agreement that there's just no scenario where you could, you could see the team trading a first round, a future first round pick this this year, right? No, unless some sort of miracle trade came together for like Zach Levine or another somewhat star level player. I don't think they're trading a first round pick. I think they're going to be pretty prudent about saving those picks for the summer. It's only it's only three or four more months, and then they have this summer they have the ability to trade for any star. And also, I think there'll be more stars available come this off season once the playoffs happen and we just never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. And so, yeah, there's some, there's some teams that are on the verge of like show it or something's going to change. Yeah, exactly. I don't think, I don't think anybody else, any other of those teams are at that point yet at the trade. Right. Right. Even Zach Levine is like, I know the Mavericks cannot be too choosy in the next couple of years about how they build, you know, they're they're not going to get the perfect number 2 to Luka. That's not happening. They're and honestly, like what what is the perfect number 2? We've we've had this debate as well. But Oh man, I think he play I think he was number third uh, number 11 and plays in New York. <laughs> too soon? <laughs> too soon? Is it too soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who who could have known that another all-star point guard would uh what if what if uh, Jalen Brunson wins back-to-back MVPs? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh my god! I don't even know how that like is even remotely possible. But like, could you just imagine? Uh, I don't think I don't I don't think Cuban could survive that. I think he would <laughs> he would have to have a security detail. I think if Brunson went back to back MVPs. I know people have talked about Luca's case for most improved player. Does, does Brunson have a most improved case? I think he has a pretty good one. There's a, it's honestly I mean I think marketing is going to get the most improved, but I think yeah. He, he deserves to be a finalist, but what will be really funny is if Brunson and Porzingis end up on the Eastern All All-Star team. Incredible. Lucas still hasn't played with an All-Star, right? Still still hasn't. <laughs> I guess Dirk, well, he wasn't an All-Star his first season when Dirk got the uh the, the respectability nod. Um yeah. which obviously does not count for playing with an All-Star. 
but they had Kimball Walker for two weeks. So he did. Don't don't say they don't bring in elite talent. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. I think that's about it. You got anything else to say? Anything to add? No, not not a not a particularly eventful week in Mavsland. Yeah, should uh should turn up a little bit what Wednesday and Friday home games. Um a couple days off. Mavericks did not have an ML MLK game. So that's not what he would have wanted. It's not. It's not. He's he's very upset. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah, what do you think he would have thought of Luca? Would have been great, a, a true yeah. ally. Yeah, I think he would have been a big fan. Um. <laughs> all right, all right, let's get out of here. Um, we'll have one more pod this week. Uh, I've got a feature going uh, that's been in the works for a few weeks, and uh, I think it would be a good chance to get Mike Pucci on, and me and him will talk a little bit about it. So that should be fun. But in the meantime, have a wonderful week, and we'll see ya. Fortnite, just like me, I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luca, big dick Donjic from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future, it tears me apart. Don't fight the Future, please be nice to Luca. Future four time MVP. Oh my god! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go home! It's a wrap, Doug! That is a wrap.